Wow, what great services we are having. Thank you to everyone who has been a part of these services that are a blessing to you in your homes. Thank you, team. So we have just entered June. We've just celebrated Her Majesty's birthday, so that means June has now entered. And we have a new theme starting, a new series called Let's Go. So church, get ready to let's go. And I'm going to open in prayer. Father, thank you for your goodness. You are good. You are good all the time. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for resurrection life that lives inside of us. And as I share this message this morning, may it be a blessing and empower and encourage people to move into and get going into all that you have for them today and for the rest of their life. We just thank you for your anointing upon us and upon me as I share this message. Thank you, Jesus, that as we hear your word, we will never, ever be the same again. Thank you, Jesus, for all your goodness. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. I'm going to share... My theme and, and um, title is called Get Ready, Let's Go. Get Ready, Church, Let's Go. So I'm going to start in Joshua 1 from verse 2 and reading onwards. And it says here, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, this is God speaking to Joshua. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River, get ready into the land that I am about to give you. I will give you every place that the sole of your foot touches, that every place where you put your foot, I am going to give you as I promised Moses. That's an amazing promise. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. As I was, so I will be. This is God speaking. As I was, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Wow, we need the presence of God. Get ready, church. Now, I grew up in Edinburgh where there were loads and loads of traffic lights. And you'd come to the traffic light and it would have stop. And then there would be an orange light, which meant you were to get ready for the green light, which meant you could go. And I remember when I got my first car, I was so loving my first car because I'm a little bit crazy and I like fast. I don't like slow, so I bought myself a fast car. And not only that, but I put a tailpipe on the back of my exhaust, much to my parents' horror, and so it meant it had a bit of grunt and a bit of noise. And I'd come up to the traffic lights, which some of you probably don't even know what traffic lights look like, because here in the far north, we don't really have traffic lights. So you're thinking, what is traffic lights? They have a red in Britain, and they have an orange, which says, get ready, and they have a green, which says, go. And I would come up to the traffic lights, 
and there was two or three lanes next to me all ready to go and I'd sit there as this young teenager with my foot on and the manual and the throttle was going and I'd be raving and I'd be kind of looking to the side as if to say, come on, let's go. And it was an excitement and an anticipation for the go. And church, I want to tell you that there is an excitement for this new season that we are entering into as we are preparing to get ready and to go. It is so good. The go is so good. And in verse 9 it says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged about this new season that we are entering into. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people and he said, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Get ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land that your Lord, your God is giving you for your own. Now, the book of Joshua starts with what God has given his people. And it's similar to the book of Ephesians because God wants you to know and he tells you in Ephesians what God has given you. God has given us in the book of Ephesians every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. That is good. That is a go. He says he's blessed us and he chose us in him. The secret is in Jesus, he has chosen us. Before ever creation was formed, he chose us holy and blameless. That's how we go forward, holy and blameless. Predestined us in love, adopted as his sons. That means that we have an inheritance. So here it says in verse 2, Moses is dead. Wow, here was the children of Israel. They were moving into a season that they had never been into before. It was a season of change, and it was going to look different to everything that had happened before. Everything that Moses had done was stopping because Moses had done everything with them in the wilderness through God. And it says that Moses had now died. But you know what? God's purpose did not. God still has a plan and a purpose for you in this season. No matter what has gone before in the wilderness of your wanderings and what has happened, God has a purpose and plan for you in this new season. And everything might have been changing. The territory was changing. The region was changing. A leader was changing as well. Joshua was the new leader. But God said, as I was, so I will be. God is saying, I have still got you. I, have, I am here in spite of what is changing around us in our world, as I was. As I was with past generations, so I will be with you. And God says, have I not commanded you to be strong? It wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't even an idea. It's not something for you to vote about. It was a command to be strong. Wow, be strong, church. You know, when Carmel um, went into labor, as you know, in February, we became 
Uh, Paul and I became grandparents for the first time. It was so exciting. And during this time, Carmel said, Mom, I want you to be with me when I go into labor. And I said, yes, I'll be there for you. So she went into labor, and it was a hard time because she went through um, a lot of uh, pain and suffering. She was hours and hours in labor. And as a mother, you're seeing her suffer through this. And it was all into the evening of one day, all through the night, early hours of the morning, coming into the next day to lunchtime even. And everyone was tired and Camel was exhausted. And the midwife comes in and she says, Camel, we are going to have to get the doctor because we think you probably need to have uh, go in for a, a C-section to have a cesarean. And I looked at the midwife and I went, no way, that is not happening. Come on, girl, come on, Carmel, you can do this. And I am proud to say that our grandson was born and his name means Caleb, which is strong. And when he came out, he just lifted his neck up and all the midwives were going, wow, he is so strong. And I went, yep, that's my grandson. Too right it is. And so what is about Caleb? I want to tell you something about Caleb in the Bible. When they first went into the promised land, way 40 years before they'd gone in through all the wanderings of the wilderness, Caleb and Joshua were part of the group of the 12 spies who went in to spy out the land. And it says they came back with fruit, and it was grapes, and it was so big, the fruitfulness of this new land that they were going to enter into was so big and so great, it took two men to carry it. Now, Caleb is giving a report, and he says this. He says, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. But the other guys there said, oh, we can't do this. And it didn't just stop there, but they went on to speak out other stuff. They said, if only we had died in Egypt or in this desert. And as they spoke that out, it actually came to pass. No spirit of unbelief ever went into the promised land. The doubters died in the wilderness. Only Joshua and Caleb entered into the promised land from the beginning. And you know, our words can rob us and affect our future. And I was, um, one morning, I, for some reason, I don't know why, but I had um, got into Paul's car and I was taking Evangeline to school. We, go, we leave early in the morning and I take her to the bus stop. And I was running a bit late and so I'd picked up my porridge and I was trying to eat it. I was rushing out the door and I got into the driving seat. I popped it in the middle of, my, of the, the, the rest the, that's there by the side of me. And as Evangeline, we were driving off, and I thought, oh, I better let Evangeline know I've got my porridge there. So I turned to her and I said, as I was driving, I said, Evangeline, just be careful you don't touch my... And I didn't get it out because just as I said that, she went, what? And her elbow turned to talk, to look at me, to say, what? And as she did that, this she knocked the porridge, and the spoon just went all the way up and honestly it flew everywhere the porridge the mess was so bad and she looks at me and I look at her and I go 
Dad's car. The porridge dripped down and under the seats, and I looked up, and it was caked to the to the roof of the car. It was on the windows. It was everywhere. And Paul was actually noticed for weeks and weeks afterwards, crust, crusty bits. Now, this is Scottish porridge. It's not the kiwi version of porridge with lovely sweet brown sugar and cream on. This is concrete porridge. It's like glue. It sticks and makes a mess. And the mess was to be seen for weeks afterwards. And you know... That's what the power of words can be like. They can bring life or they can make such a mess and affect your future. And um, this is what the doubters said. They said, if only because their focus became on the bad report of the 10 spies, they said they saw giants and their focus became the giants. And they went on to say, these people are strong and powerful. Really? After they'd gone through part of the wilderness and God, who is all-powerful, who moved the Red Sea and parted the sea so they could walk through on dry ground, they are seeing all these mighty miracles through Moses and they say, these people are powerful, we can't. Your words can rob you of a great future, a future that is so fruitful and mighty as you move forward with God your words can affect your future. And all the doubters died in the wilderness. Your unbelief can rob you of living in the good of the promised land. And Moses, it says, God said to Joshua, as I was, so will I be. As I was, so will I be. Here was a generation that was born into nomadic circumstances they were wandering in this wilderness and here they were about to enter into a new land a new land that they had never been before but God had God has already stepped into your future and he says it's a good future and it's a fruitful future have you been in a season of wandering today? Are you wondering what the future holds, what the future looks like? Are you going around in circles like the children of Israel who just wandered for the 40 years, not knowing what it looks like? Sometimes we know how to wander, but do you know how to build this morning? We know how to survive in the wilderness, but do we know how to pick the fruit in the promised land? God has such a fruitful future for you as you get ready to go in and step into all the promises that God has for you. I can tell you it is good. It is an abundance. It's an abundance because God says it's an abundance. He said it's not just a land of milk and honey. It was a land flowing in it. That tells us it was so amazing and the fruitfulness was so mighty and big that it took two men to carry the fruit of that land. That's what God has for you today. And then how do we know with regard to the change that's coming in the new season that we're entering into, how do we know where to go? Well, this is what Joshua chapter 3 says. It says, three days later, officers went through the camp when you see the ark of the Lord, the ark of the Lord is Jesus. So when you see Jesus, move your positions and follow. 
And this is what verse 4 says, Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. When you look to Jesus, he will show you the way to go. No matter whether you've been it before, you don't know what it might look like, but you know it looks good because God has told you so. But you can walk forward and move with your eyes on Jesus because he knows where he's going and Jesus never gets lost. And verse 25 says this, now the Jordan, that's the river. As they came up to the Jordan River, all these people, it's, Jordan means descending. It says here that the Jordan River was in flood all during harvest. Now, I want you to think about this. The devil doesn't want us to have a harvest. And it says it was always in flood during harvest. So what did God do for his people it says that God stopped the flow of the water right back to the city of Adam. It says when the priest got to the edge of the water, the water rolled back right to the city of Adam. Now, it's not by chance that the city is called Adam because that reminds us of Jesus who stepped into the waters of death when the floods of judgment poured upon him for your sin and for mine, and he bore all our pain and all our suffering and all our sickness and all our shame and self-righteousness right back to Adam. Isn't it amazing, church, that God had that all covered and that what the devil wants to drown, God says, no, I'm going to roll it all back and you can walk through on dry ground. God has a great future for you this morning. He is so good. And I can show you that this pandemic that we have been going through has been no surprise to God. Bad reports, evil things happening in our world. God wants you to know, as I was... With the past generations, so I will be with you. What a great future. And so the priests, they stepped in to that water, and all that water was rolled back to the city of Adam. You know, God's plan and purpose for your life will continue to flow, no matter what is happening around you, no matter what is happening in the world, God's plan and purpose for your life will continue to flow because even though Moses had died his purpose did not he's got amazing things for you church I want to tell you people you get ready get ready with an excitement and an anticipation because the future is good and God is saying let's go let's go with our focus on Jesus and you know, three days makes all the difference because he said three days. What happened in three days in scripture? Well, we know that Jesus went on the cross for us, but it didn't just stop there because it says three days later, he rose again. This is the difference between standing at the cross and realizing that Jesus has died for us. But God wants you to step through into baptism and to keep walking into that newness of life. The kingdom of God is an abundant life. It is a fruitful place, just like this land that they were going into. It's the difference between wandering 
wandering in the wilderness or resting in Christ as the promised land. That's the difference. It's resurrection ground, the promised land, walking into fruitfulness as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Isn't it wonderful? And you know, God still fed the manna in the wilderness. Manna is still Jesus. God will still provide manna even when you complain and you grizzle like the children of Israel. They whinged and they complained. Doesn't he care that we're going to perish? We're starving. We are hungry. God still will meet your need even in your unbelief. He will still meet your need. He'll still provide for you. But what Wow, what a, what a promise and a future he has when you step into resurrection ground, the newness and the promises of the land, the kingdom of God is so fruitful. That's what God has for you. The difference is three days journey, stepping into all the good things that God has for us, all those spiritual blessings that Ephesians talks about in the first chapter. And what does God promise? Well, in Leviticus 26, I'm going to read what God has for us. He says here, this is to Israel, but it's to us as well. I will look on you with favor and make you fruitful. Do you want to be fruitful this morning? And I will increase your numbers and I will keep my covenant with you. God keeps his promises. He's faithful. You will still be eating last year's harvest when you will have to move it out and make room for the new. What a promise is that. Church, God has so many harvest of souls for us in this new season. It will be so great. We'll be dealing with last year's harvest when the new souls are still coming in. You better believe it. No spirit of unbelief and excite church today. I can tell you I am excited for the harvest of souls that God is getting ready for us to receive. And he says, I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. Isn't that wonderful? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt so that you no longer will be slaves to the Egyptians. God doesn't mean you to wander and to be in bondage. He wants you, and he goes on to say this in this verse, I broke the bars of your yoke and enabled you to walk with your heads held high. Do you know what that tells me? That tells me that you can walk out of Egypt like a boss. You get the holy boss on and you say, Egypt is behind me. I'm not going back to that. I know what that was like. I'm not going back to bondage. I'm moving forward into all the fruitfulness and good things that God has for me today. You walk with your head held high because God says you can. With the authority to overcome anything and everything through the power of the Spirit. Let's go, church. Let's go forward like a holy boss into this new season of great fruitfulness. It is so good. With a get-ready expectation of a great harvest. Just because you don't see the harvest doesn't mean that it hasn't taken root. I can tell you it's going to be so fruitful, I'm excited. And just because you might have lost your job in this season doesn't mean that God has a better job for you in the future that is going to be higher paid and better hours for you so that you can spend with your family. God has a fruitful season ahead for the church 
Wow, it is so good. The new season that we are entering into. As I was, so I will be. As I was with the past generations, so I will be for you in this new season of life. And it says there, the day after the Passover, in Joshua chapter 5, that the manna stopped. Wow, because it says the day after they ate this food from the land, that year they ate the produce of Canaan. God wants you to eat the produce of Canaan because it is so good. There is plenty. It's a land that's overflowing for you. God has not food to survive because the manna was food to survive. God has food to thrive in this kingdom that we live and breathe and move and have our being. It is so good. Get ready, church. Let's go. Step into this new season that God has for you, a season of abundance. As his children with our eyes fixed on Jesus, like he said, keep your eyes on the act, keep your eyes on Jesus, and he will show you the way to go, the way that you've never been before. He will show you as you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, he will show you the way to grow. And we can call forth a great harvest, a great season of fruitfulness of many, many hundreds and thousands coming to Christ. That's what God has for us as we get ready and let's go. Amen, church.